Good afternoon, Roadie Nation. I hope you all had a very happy Thanksgiving. I know I did. Enjoyed some turkey, enjoyed some biscuits, hung out with some family, watched a lot of football, so the sports were still flowing. But we are back. It is the first day of of December. I was about to say January. Winter is here. Still kind of warm. But the show must go on. And today in the studio, I'm joined by a newcomer to the Roadie sports scene here a member of the 2023 Atlantic 10 All-Rookie Team for women's volleyball in the conference. I'm joined today by freshman outside hitter Maddie Disu. Maddie, how you doing today? Doing good. Well, I'm very happy to have you on. Volleyball is a sport that has interested me for a very long time. I've had a number of friends um, dur- during high school that played it. I've been super into it. It's a sport that's very fascinating to me because it's just one of those sports that you really need to be truly athletic to succeed at. It's like everything that's hard about basketball and then just adding more difficult components to it, or that's at least how I see it. But um, you have a very interesting story coming from very far away to come play volleyball here at URI. You are from the town of Buda, Texas. Just, I believe it's just South of Austin, correct? South of Austin. You're playing here with your twin sister, Megan. We were kind of talking about this before the show. There seems to be a number of twins, whether it's identical, fraternal, just a lot of siblings that come to play sports at you or I together. So, I mean, just to kind of trace your steps back to when you first started volleyball, I mean, just how did you and your sister fall into this game? Did one of you drag the other <laughs> to a practice, or did you were your parents both encouraging you both to play? Just how did it all start? I... Honestly, like, growing up, my whole family is, like, pretty basketball-driven. So, like, first sport and, like, what I grew up playing along with my sister was basketball. And I feel like once we got to middle school, that's kind of the time where you, like, start playing different sports and trying different things. And so we just tried volleyball for fun. I feel like all of our friends played volleyball, and we were, like, the only ones. So we just tried for fun, and we ended up really liking it. But didn't take it seriously until about high school. I would say freshman year is when we really started playing club and, like, doing the travel team type stuff. And I think sophomore year was when we were like, okay, like, we could actually do this in college if we, like, put some time and work into it. But it definitely took a while. I think that we're late bloomers compared to most athletes in college. And so then when you jumped into it, you said you kind of just got the got the bug for it to really take it competitively mm-hmm. your freshman year. Um, was it just... You both were like, all right, you know what? Let's kind of get it. Let's kind of get into this. And were you always like a tandem duo in 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 a sense when you try, like tried out for teams where it was like, all right, like I'm gonna play if we both make the team and so on and so forth, sort of like that. Yeah, I think that wherever we went or wherever we like whatever team we tried out for, we were like, we both want to make the team, and if we're not both on the team, then we'll go somewhere else. In- interesting. That's it's. I feel like you see that with a lot of siblings that are like that close when you see like the twin siblings or siblings that are born like within a year of each other you really see that like camaraderie in a sense where it's like all right like I'm playing with them they understand my game like like we're going to be better for you if we're together in that in that sort of sense and so coming from Texas obviously like sports and the how serious they're taken varies from all different parts of the country but one thing that's universally known is that the saying goes, everything is bigger in Texas, and that goes with sports tenfold. I mean, obviously, you see all the football stadiums, the high school football stadiums that hold twelve to 15,000 people, and you see just, like, how basketball works down there. 
How serious is the volleyball scene down in Texas? It's particularly like once you sort of hit like that travel era during high school. How competitive is it? It's huge. Like when you go to the travel tournaments, there'll be the convention centers with like hundreds, like 200 courts in it. And so it's like just volleyball games going on literally everywhere. And even for high school, we'll have teams for the tournaments in Austin fly out from California. Like they're so, so big. And so what was like, what was like the learning curve like as you were sort of getting into this? Because you said that you, you guys didn't really take it as seriously until about the start of high school. I have to imagine that there were a number of people that had probably been doing it, like all in middle school, like their parents were really putting them into all these different programs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So when you joined your first, let's say the high school team, were you able to, were you and your sister both able to just kind of seem seamlessly transition into it? Or was there a bit of like a learning curve being like, all right, like, these girls take it seriously. We kind of have to pick up our own game to really stay competitive. Yeah, freshman year, um, the club that we tried out for, we didn't make the top team. So like, we were on the second team. And so the talent obviously wasn't like as good. And we were still like everyone was learning and it was kind of like the same level of talent there. So that wasn't as bad. But um, our freshman year, we were on JV for volleyball for our high school team. And we were like, shoot, like these people actually do take it seriously. Like everyone here is trying to make the varsity level team next year and is working really hard to get better. So we definitely had to put in like extra hours. We were getting like some lessons on the side and stuff like that. We were having some coaches help us out. But I really think it was our high school coach. She was amazing and she would literally stay after hours and like help us out because when we were at that point, we were like, okay, like we're going to need to put in some extra work in order to get as good as these other girls and make the varsity team next year. That's that's fascinating. I mean, it's like it seems like that's the sort of mentality that you you really get like when you're looking at like, all right, I think I can take this to the, the college level. I know a number of athletes who I've had on the show have all have that sort of mentality mm-hmm. where it's like you get into a new sport. You're a little behind the curve at the start, but it's that extra work that you know you're going to have to put in anyway. And you know that, like, all right, you do it, it's going to pay off. So you might yeah. as well just get it done early. And it, seem, it seems to have worked out for the both of you. Because, I mean, both of you, you get in high school together, you decide, all right, we're both going to commit to volleyball, let's get it done, let's do it. And then you just go hand in hand, climbing up the ladder of athletics. And doing so in Texas, I can only imagine how that it must be a little bit more difficult than conventional, like, in other high schools. Like, when you look at just the crop of talent, just what was the talent level surrounding you guys like on your high school? Like, how competitive was your, like, high school team in terms of, like, how you guys competed in your conference, in your, like, states and so on? Like, what? how competitive was that? Yeah, our high school, like, historically was really good. They went to state. Um, and whatnot and when we got there our freshman year it was like we were still making runs and playoffs and doing stuff like that and our I mean our libero went to TCU our middles went to Mizzou and is now at Grand Canyon setter is like uh, starting at Texas State so like everyone was like D1 talent like just amazing and even though it was difficult in like practices and stuff like that like I feel like I was really struggling half the time I think that's what really pushed me to be better. Being surrounded by so much talent, you learn so much from people in those positions, especially when they're older than you. And so then as you're kind of going through this whole process, when did it kind of, you you had said sophomore year wasn't like, all right, I think we can take this to the next level. College looks like it could be an option. When did that switch fully flip to where you were like, all right, 
Let's put our, let's start putting ourselves out there. Let's start talking to coaches. What was that initial process like? Because it's it's particular for you guys because you're going in it. Were you going in it together? Like, all right, every school you're looking at, it's the two of us or none of us? Yeah. So at the beginning of our process, it kind of started with, like, one of our coaches, the one that had, like, originally – um, scouted us for club that w- the club that we were playing for and she was like y'all can play in college and she literally took us to a coffee shop and sat us down and like made a list of schools and it's like oh reach schools schools that you can play at now just like all different types of stuff and she was like helping us um, send out emails like in Texas you have recruiting coordinators for your clubs and stuff like that and so they will literally handle all that stuff for like handle that stuff for you and um, at that point, we were sending emails together. So it's like we're CCing each other and we're writing it together, sending our film together, doing everything like that. And then I would say junior year, we were kind of at a point where we were like, if we want to go to school, especially at that time, we were the exact same position. So we were like, we, we might have to split up. Like, we might not get money together. We might not have spots, like both of us being on the same team. And then we had like offers all over the place like I was getting offers full ride some places and Megan was getting offers other places but um, this isn't ended up being the place where we both got an offer and we were like you know what this is where we want to go were there a decent amount of schools that had offered you guys together or were you was you or I one of the only schools that took a chance on both of you so we had a lot of like I would say that most of the schools that we talked to to they were like we want y'all both but they didn't have like enough money like we were just like oh well one of us doesn't want to walk on or do whatever like we were like we both need money like that just wasn't we weren't going to go to college without having scholarship interesting and it's clearly it seems like it was it was the correct decision for both of you you guys made the decision to a serious one to move basically 2,000 miles away Mm -hmm. from I mean because I've met athletes that have moved from California from Hawaii and but Texas is probably is just about out there in terms of just how big of a change it is. Yeah. Because life lifestyle is is very different. But just before we get onto that, I'm I'm curious, going through high school, going through all of the training, going through all the work to really excel at this sport. You're doing this with your twin, and I feel like that the relationship that you already have is is like this. It's mm-hmm. it's incredibly close. But just the bond that you guys must have developed on the court must be beyond anything you've ever had with any other teammates just what what's it like playing with your sister first at like the high school and like the club level and then transitioning into the college level that must be unlike anything anybody can really understand yeah I would say that having her on the court and like just having her on my team is the best thing for me I knew that in high school and that's why I wanted to play with her in college because at the end of the day she's my biggest fan my biggest supporter and even when I'm doing bad or not having my best game, like she's the person who's going to come tell me like, hey, you're doing this wrong. Are you doing this? Here's how you can fix this. And like, even though we're twins and we're similar players, we also have such different skills. And so I learned so much like from her, same from her learning from me. And there'll be so many things where I'm like, hey, like, how'd you do that? Like, can you teach me how to do that? Can you do this or that? And even in college, like, I've had some games where I'm, like, not playing my best and I'll come off the court and she's the first person to hype me up and tell me to get back out there and keep swinging and doing those things. So she really keeps me level in the game, I would say. That must be huge, especially having moved so far away Mm -hmm. with your family not being able to really come with you, not being able to come see you at all of your games. Just, like, 
having that support structure from the get-go coming to a new environment must have been huge for your transition to coming to URI. Yeah, I was... I mean, I think everybody's scared coming to college, obviously, but moving so far away and me being close with my family and, like, my older brother already moved off to college, so it's, like, I'm used to not having him around as much, but, like, my little brother, he's only a year and a half younger than us, so we're super, super close, and I was was crying. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but having my twin up here has been actually amazing. We're roommates, too, so we see each other, like, 24-7, and I think that... Honestly, I'm the best when I'm with her. Like she's my best friend. I was about to say, never. It doesn't ever get tiresome having it, seeing her every day, every oh, waking minute, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You can, can, can only imagine. But at the at the end of the day, it's more helpful than not. Yes. And then just really helps motivate you. So you mentioned you mentioned your brother, your older brother Dylan. Yes. Basketball player at UT Austin. Started mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt. Transferred over to UT Austin. Yes. One of one of their top one of their top performers this year. Was a big was a big part of their NCAA tournament run last year. So just you come from clearly a very athletic household, but just having an older brother who is playing another incredibly competitive sport, one that we sort of talked about has almost a similar schedule in terms of how rigorous it can really be. Yeah. Just how big of of a mentor was having someone like that that was going through that college athletic process, and what lessons did you learn? from his experiences that has sort of helped you, you know, traverse your first year here? Yeah, so growing up, obviously, I went to his games, his high school games. I watched that. I watched his recruiting process. And I would say the biggest thing that I learned from him, especially going through it and kind of, like, talking to him at, talking to uh, him about it was, like, the coaching. Like, he made sure to let me know, like, when you're going through your recruiting process, you have to get to know your coaching staff. Like, I think that there's a lot of times where coaches will just email you or call you and they'll be like, hey, I want to offer you, boom. Like, do you accept it or do you not? And it's it's so much deeper than that. Like, you want to make sure that you're going to a school that you can really, like, form a connection with your with your coach, especially, especially going, like, so far from home. I want to make sure that this is literally my home away from home. And so that was the biggest thing that I learned from him was – coming here and making that connection with Angel and knowing that I was going to be comfortable on this team. It seems like that's the way that you or I coaches approach all of it. They really make the effort to appeal to you as a person because it's like you want to make sure that if you're an athlete going to one of these schools that you want to be as comfortable as possible beyond being just an athlete. Like you want the student life to match your sort of personality. You want the academics to match what you're interested in and so on. And I feel like that Having worked in this field for a few years now and having spoken to different coaches and heard how they recruit players, it seems that you or I, and clearly a volleyball coach did a good enough job doing bringing yeah. you guys up here, but it seems like that's what they truly focus on. And it's it's more than just like, hey, we want you, You th- we think you're really good. It's more than that. They're selling you on mm-hmm. the whole package of the university. And so when you made the decision, or when, the, when you and your sister made the decision to come up here, what was your family's reaction like? Because, I mean, I can imagine that they were excited, but the distance must have been something on the back of their mind. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't even think that we really fully, like, were thinking about it. Like, I mean, we were thinking about it, obviously, but I don't think, like, even coming up until, like, the summer, we weren't really, like, fully processing how far we were going. And, I mean, my mom is from California, so she's from the West Coast, and she's not, obviously, she's not from Texas and is pretty far. So she's kind of used to 
the feeling of having to move away from home. She went to college while my my grandparents were in Texas and she was in California. So she was kind of like, you can do it. Like, it's going to be hard, but you can do it. And I think that them like flying out and actually like seeing us and coming to a good amount of games really helped that. Like she even before we left, she was like, I'm going to come see you. Like, this is not the end of the world. Like, it's not going to be until Christmas. Like, you will see me. And having that reassurance that like I'm going to see my family at some point this season, like that really helped. So, and that that seems like that's what um, really calms the nerves for a lot of athletes yeah. that are moving away from home is that reassurance that it's like, all right, we're not leaving forever. Yeah. Like, this works. Like, we'll still be able to do it. And that's also, I feel like that with the way the volleyball schedule works and the way that the volleyball scene in college is because of how, like, so many teams play each other across the country and everything. Like, you guys ended up traveling to Colorado. And, I mean, mm-hmm. the Atlantic 10 stretches as far as Missouri. So, you're getting reasonably close to, yeah. toward back home. So I feel like that that almost sort of worked out in your favor as it well. Did. And, I mean, when you when you looked at that schedule, you would a little sigh of relief there being like, all right, maybe we're, we're going a little close. Yeah. Like, this, this, could be, this could be nice and helpful. Yeah, when I saw, like, we were playing a preseason tournament in Colorado, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because <laughs> I was like, my family could come. It'll be an easy trip for them. Nice. Well, so then when you, made, when you first actually ended up moving into Kingston, you move away from home. You're coming in over the summer, getting ready for the for the fall season. You move in, and your initial perception of the university, there's no students here. It's just, just the other athletes, and you're going, you're doing all the workouts. What was that initial sort of week to month, just like that transitional period, like where you're meeting your teammates, meeting future sisters, let's, let's call yeah. them, and so on, just like kind of getting acclimated to the athletics side of university rather than all of the other stuff that comes when September rolls around. Yeah, it was pretty seamless, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think anyone, any newcomer, whether that's freshman or transfer, like, coming into a program, not really knowing their teammates yet, like, it can be a little scary, but our team made it so easy for us to come in, and it felt like I've known them for, like, years. Like, it was so comfortable coming in, and on top of that, like with the workouts and not really having anything else going on, I was able to go to the beach, which is like, that's really like what sold me up here. Like I've never lived this close to a beach. So being able to like go to the beach with my teammates and do those things. And like right off the bat, we had team bonding activities and stuff like that at the beach and different things. So it made it really easy to be comfortable. Yeah. So like, what were some of the things that sold you on your eggs? I mean, obviously the location is something that really attracts a lot of athletes. Obviously the winters can be a little harsh, but like, the, the summers, the springs, just the fact that you're by the beach, just like the beauty of the the beauty of the state and everything else. What were some of the factors that made you ultimately decide, all right, this is where I want to go? Yeah, I think that me along with um, Megan, we both knew f- from the start of recruiting, like we want to get outside of Texas. We wanted a different experience. Um, and so coming up here, we were like, we have seasons. Like I've never experienced seasons before. The second the leaves started changing colors, I was taking photos and sending them back home. I was like, this is crazy. I'll have to see this. Like I was so in shock. And then obviously the beach, the beach is great. And then the school itself, they had everything I was looking for major wise, along with my sister. And then being able to come here with Megan and do those things. And I mean, Kingston itself is just really pretty, Rhode Island, the Northeast. But on top of that, the culture here, I recognize that Angel was trying to build a new co- a new culture coming in as a head coach in her third year, and that was really important to me, and along with having like good teammates and stuff like that. But I think having a black female head coach was really amazing, especially at her young age. I think that, honestly, she's making history, and it was really nice to see, and I wanted to be a part of it. That's awesome. And so then in terms of the actual game itself, when 
you've become acclimated. You've you've started to get a bearing on your surroundings. You're enjoying the beach a little bit. But then the actual training starts, and then the games start. So, like, start with over the summer. As you're getting into those, like, sort of hell week phases where you're really mm-hmm. trying to get conditioned, and then you start to do the college training regiment for college volleyball, how big of a difference was that for you from, like, your club and the high school experiences you had with the game? I will say I do think that my club did prepare us pretty well um, along with high school. I think that they did a good job, like, training-wise and uh, workout-wise. But at the same time, um, we do have, like, a summer packet. So we did have, like... um, a summer packet from whenever I graduated until I came. So workouts for that. So I think that's what honestly prepared me the most because I was like, this is gonna help me like start to know what we're gonna what lifts are gonna look like and like conditioning stuff like that. So that was helpful. But it definitely was like a slap in the face a little bit because it's like this is you're coming here and you're doing basically three a days like two practices a day and then a lift and it, you've never done that before like my body was not used to it I was taking ice baths twice a day like rolling out stretching I was up in the trainer like it, it was very different it was very hard but you get used to it yeah and so then moving out of the moving out of the summer you move into the fall obviously we can point out the elephant in the room the record for the record for um, your fall season Probably what it wasn't the best. A little bit of a difficult year from a team perspective. Yeah. But I mean that com- that comes with time. There's obviously like you've got a, a, a younger squad. There's a number a number of younger players mm-hmm. on the team. But from your own personal personal standpoint, I mean, quickly it seemed like you had adapted to the college game very well. And I mean, just a couple weeks into the season, you're named Atlantic Ten Rookie of the Week. And I'm looking back, and I was like, "All right, let's let me look at let me go back at the schedule. Let me see truly how dominant you were during during this period, and trying to figure out, all right, like what was what was leading up to it. You played two games on September 16th, and this is what I, I guarantee was what did it. In eight sets, you had 34 kills, and then I believe you had 17 digs, and just. That's incredibly impressive. I think 40, 40 combined points over the two games. Yeah. Just after dealing with, you started the season four straight losses, then you were able to pick up a win against Lemoyne. Difficult, I have to imagine, mentally starting the season like that, correct? Yeah. I think that also coming like out of club, high school, whatever, Like, I wasn't, I wasn't really used to losing back-to-back like that. Like I was kind of like, dang, this is tough. But at the same time, like... Coming, coming in, knowing how hard we were working in practice, I knew what we were capable of, and I didn't really want to let those losses affect me too much, How my mindset, how I was playing. And when you know what you're capable, capable of, you know that you can come out and play your best. Yeah, and, so then, and so then after the LeMoyne game, you played a number of competitive teams. I mean, it was Brown, Yale, UConn, Boston College, Sacred Heart. Five losses, which it's difficult, but they were close. They yeah. weren't all blowouts, and it was competitive. And then you explode. Two wins against American and Stonehill. Arguably, not arguably, I mean, clearly the Atlantic 10 deemed you so that you were the player of the game for basically both games, warranted you winning um, Atlantic 10 Player of the Week for for that week. I mean, just coming off of a five-game skid to then play like you did and then while winning two games in a row, just how, what was that whirlwind of emotions like? Uh, we were, it was crazy. I'm not going to lie. We were so excited. I think the five losses, even though, yeah, it sucks and like we were losing, 
it was reassuring to know we're not like getting our butts kicked. Like we were in there, we were working hard, we were fighting till the end in all five of those matches. And so then we took those losses, you, you watch film, you do all of that, and you come into practice and you know exactly what you want to work on. And so coming into that tournament against those two teams, like we were like, you know, we can win. Despite like how we have been doing, we can win. And then really going out there, competing, putting everything we had out on the court and winning and coming into the locker room, celebrating, it was crazy. It was so fun. And so then you have those two games on the 16th, then three days later it's announced that you're the A-10 rookie, A-10 rookie of the week. Just... Did you expect to have even sniffed some sort of reward like that or some sort of acknowledgement like that in your first year? And just like when you when when your coach told you or whoever had told you that you had gotten that acknowledgement, what was that feeling like? I was shocked. Like coming in freshman year, obviously, I think most D1 athletes are like, I don't really have any expectations of playing. Like, obviously, you have expectations of yourself. Like, you want to work hard and you want to play and you want to get out there, but you know it's going to be hard. And so actually getting out there, playing, and, like, leaving everything out there and then seeing that, I was so excited. I was shocked, but I was so excited. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, I remember seeing the notification pop up when we had gotten the all the reporters that you were I get, like, emails about different um, – different, uh, Atlantic 10 notifications, mm-hmm. like when players receive awards, and we were looking at them, and we were like, whoa! Like this, <laughs> this was one of the first times in a while we had seen someone from the volleyball team get named yeah. named to that. And it was fascinating because like we're looking at the schedule, we're like, all right, well, this is it's fantastic. We were like, we were like almost how? Yeah. Like we were, we yeah. were on, like in on no offense, but like we were honestly, we were all like sort of surprised. Yeah. And then we when we were looking and then Going back, we're like, all right, let's look, let's see what happened. And like, all right, now it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's completely justified. <laughs> And so then, following that tournament, it's the start of conference play. Conference play clearly just did not go well. Yeah. One, one in 17, but again, games were competitive. I mean, probably yeah. up until the last last part of the year, which we kind of talked about beforehand. Yeah. That, those last four games were, were rough. But you're going through playing like George Mason, the GW games, Fordham, Davidson, VCU. It was, I, I believe, like nine losses in a row. I think mm-hmm. that was kind of what it was. In terms of how your mental fortitude grows as a college athlete, you need to grow sort of just sense like, all right, I have a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure on me. When I lose, people are going to be annoyed. Yeah. But it's how do you block out the exterior noise when you're dealing with like a skid like that? I think remembering like as a team our core values, remembering what we're capable of and knowing that we're here for a reason. You know, I mean, there's going to be a team at every conference that's going to finish last and that's going to do not their best. But I think that not really letting the outside noise creep in and ignoring it, remembering why we're here and why we're coming into practice every day. And even if it's not us being successful this year, what we're working for next year and years after that, like especially us freshmen, like we know there's so much potential in this program. And so... Even after those losses, it's like you can't give up. You have to keep pushing for forward years and the potential of the program. And so then how does how is the, the culture and the morale impacted when you go on a skid like this? Because I've I've spoken to athletes who like from like the soccer team, the football team and so on, where like when you go on a bad run of form, it can really disenfranchise different members of the team. Like the locker room can split, people heads drop, people don't feel like that they're worth being here worth playing at the university and so on just how did how was the team 
how was the team resiliency during this period? How were, what were they doing to sort of stick together? What were like the seniors doing to try and keep the freshmen and the sophomores and the juniors from sort of slipping behind? Yeah, I think even personally, I think that I had a dip like midseason when all of that was going on, even me trying to do my best to not let the noise creep in. I was kind of still getting upset with myself and um, our performance. And I think that I had mentally a dip and like a little bit performance wise. But I think that our senior Gabby was one of the reasons that I was able to come out of that and all of us like even the freshmen I think that she is such a great leader and even from getting here I knew like she is going to make a difference and I think that even when she leaves like we're all going to talk about her constantly like remember just like the legacy that she left in this program because she has somewhat been through this before like she's had like some losing seasons and whatnot and she knows that we are so much better than that. Like she knows that we have so much more talent and she reminded that um, us of that every single day, like to keep working hard. And she is the, she embodies everything that this program stands for. I mean, when yeah. you look at just some of the stuff that when you look back at her career, I mean, she's played in 125 games. No one has played more games for you or I women's volleyball no. than her. She made all tournament teams, all tournament MVPs. She was part of the tw- 2021-22 A10 All Championship team. Mm-hmm. So, so having someone with the experience like that, but one that's comfortable telling you how it is in a sense, yeah. being like, "Hey, look, like it, it gets it gets hard. It gets hard at times, but like this is the stuff you need to do to really push yourself forward." Was she someone that you gravitated toward early on, like when you first arrived in URI? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, even off the court, like she is what a student athlete like every student athlete wants to be she works hard in the classroom she works hard on the court like she is just one of those people that you want to strive to be like and so immediately when I got here I was like yeah like not only do I want to be her friend but I want to be like her and so I think every day like coming into practice I'm like I want to do what Gabby would do like I want to work as hard as Gabby would I want to work harder like I I want to be as good as she is and I think that she is just She's just amazing, like literally. I hope she's. I hope she's listening. Cause I, if, I mean, because having paid attention to volleyball, she's one of the most like notable figures in the team, and like you can really tell the impact that she has just yeah. across athletics here in general, working on the student athlete committee and all and all of that. So I mean, she's just an, an ex- exceptional person, let alone let alone an athlete. So I can I can imagine that every everything you're saying just absolutely hits the nail on the head. And so then outside of the team. You still got this interesting um, interesting situation where you and your sister are both going through this together. And yeah. when you guys are going through the sort of the difficult times, the difficult periods, the skids and so on, how are the two of you looking at each other to try and stay focused mentally? Because, I mean, like like we had alluded to earlier, having that bond with your sister as your teammate mm-hmm. is just stronger than any other bond you have with the rest of your teammates. Yeah. So I have to imagine that the two of you probably looked at this kid and we were like, all right, like we've been through we've been through this together, we'll get through it together and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think on top of that, so she this season pulled her ab and she <clears throat> sorry, she hurt her ankle. So like there was a point where she was like out. Like she was out for a while and I was I was the only one playing. And so she's seeing this from like an outside perspective. Obviously as a player, like you're you knowing what's going on and you're seeing that, but like from a person who's not playing, who's on the bench constantly just watching and able to see how we're doing, 
she was able to come home every night, like when we're in our dorm, like we're talking about it and she's telling me, hey, like I'm seeing this and this, like um, even when this is happening, like you have to keep your head up, you have to do these things. And even when we're losing, she's still staying hype and doing those things. But I think like really coming together and letting each other know, like we have the potential to turn this around. Like even when we were on that, like, losing nine games we were still telling ourselves we were were like we can turn this around like if we really wanted to if we really put in the work like we can still do it and so I think that kind of having her there and just having each other to hype each other up and know like we're not going to give up that's that winning mentality and I mean that mentality is what gets you a win that snaps a skid like that because after the nine games you're going into your second game away at Duquesne and you're able to pull a win out Mm -hmm. and pulling a win out like you're playing you're playing against competition like getting a win is great but after losing so many games where it just seems like no matter what you do, nothing is working, to get a win like that must have felt, like, immense. Oh, yeah. I wanted to take a jug and, like, pour some water on my coach. Like, I was so ready to run in the locker room. I think that especially getting that win and getting a sweep, like, at their own like their own house, like, that was huge for us, especially losing the day before and what, taking it to four, like we know, we knew, like we were like we can do better, and so coming in and getting that sweep, we were like we have the potential to turn this around, and like it really just showed like we're capable of it. Like yes, we're losing and we're not we're not doing these things, but where it's like we know we can do it. And so then, following the Duquesne game, you lose out for the for the remainder of the season. But once the season is over, you look at the record, and I feel like that people that aren't really. Um, that follow sports in general, but let's just say say volleyball, they don't follow it as intently, they look at the record, they're like, all right, these girls are terrible. But when you look at it more closely and you see the breakdown of how the games went, each game was competitive. Yeah. There were a few games where it was just wasn't your day. The mm-hmm. other team was clearly better and it just wasn't, nothing was really falling. But the games were competitive. Yeah. So when you're looking back at this, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear what your coach may have an opinion on this as well, but... When you look back at a season where you go 4-26, and 26, how do you find the positives out of that? I mean, the personal positives for you are pretty obvious. All-rookie team, you made Rookie of the Week um, during September. So those are impressive positives for yourself. But when you're looking at it as a team perspective, what do you as players look at as the positives from a season like this? That's actually funny you mentioned that because in our end-of-season team meeting, we our coach literally put our record like four and 26 on our TV and had us look at it and literally said, this will not happen again. And kind of talks about the lows in our seasons and whatnot, but also had us go through and write a bunch of highs. She was like volleyball related, not volleyball related, whatever. Like what was some of the highs of our season? And we talked about Stonehill. We talked about American and we talked about Duquesne and coming out and sweeping them. And so you're sitting here, we're making lists of even stuff that's like, oh, our Halloween volleyball practice, stuff like that, like where we had fun and we were together as a team and doing those things. And you look at it and there were so many highs about our season personally that we're like, yes, it sucks to lose, but there's literally only going up from here. You can only do better. There, I don't think you could do <laughs> any worse than that, you know? Like, so it's a, there's a way to look at it, and it's like we know that coming into this next season, we can do so much better. And so then moving into the, moving into the next season, you're obviously losing three seniors. Mm-hmm. Gabby is one of them. And so when you have such emphatic presences in your team graduating and moving on what what's the ex what how does the expectation sort of change in terms of 
how you may approach the season knowing that there's going to be a little bit more pressure to perform? Or how do you as a team kind of look at it being like, all right, these these girls are leaving. We need to come together to make sure that we don't feel this loss and that we're able to transition in a high manner into the next season to ensure that this doesn't get any worse. Yeah, I think that um, from a personal standpoint, I'm going to come into this next season in the spring, like trying to step into more of a leadership role. I think that some points during the season, I kind of like blended in a bit rather than like being like, hey, like, I'm here, like, make my presence known and kind of, like, be a leader, even in practice, like, letting people know that I need to hold them accountable and things like that. Um, And then as a team, I think that obviously every year you're going to lose seniors, but when you're losing seniors that have made such an impact in the program, making sure to remember the things that they've done and continue to carry that on, like the the hard work and the dedication that Gabby specifically has put in, um, making sure that we're approaching every practice like she would and not losing that at all, not losing ourselves. And so then how do you, what are the expectations that you impose upon yourself coming out of a season like this? Like you said, and your coach had said it, it can't get worse than this. But when you're coming out of realistically like the lowest you can really get Mm -hmm. in terms of like college athletics and so on when you're looking toward the next season you obviously set goals and aspirations for yourself what are the type of like reasonable goals and expectations that you set to achieve next year yeah clearly I want to improve like my personal skill and whatnot but as a team like I don't want to just do better I want to be like successful I want to I want us to have a winning record I want us to come in and whatever work that takes it's going to take but I think that we have the potential to come in next season and be 10 times better than we were or perform 10 times better than we were this season. And so you had mentioned it earlier that your sister had gotten struck down with an injury so Mm -hmm. she didn't play as many of the games as the two of you would have hoped how big of a difference do you think it'll be for you and the team having a healthy Megan playing <laughs> alongside of you and having that sort of like dynamic duo that was recruited over here yeah. to really be playing at the same time? I think that it's going to be important. Like skill aside, I think that me and my sister bring a lot of energy and like a lot of fun to the court. And so having her in times where we were down and like maybe I wasn't on the court or um, we, I just like wasn't hyper my, myself, like having that energy come out and be like, put a ball down and then we all get excited and have that. Like, I think that sometimes we were lacking energy and just kind of lacking what could be on the court if she was there. So that would be helpful. And so like we had talked about earlier, we had talked about just how Texas, the sports culture is crazy. You come to different parts of the parts of the country, the culture can vary from sport to sport. When when you came here, what were your initial thoughts and reactions to the sporting culture here at URI and then in particular what the Rhodey Nation um, how they received volleyball in general when you first came? Um, I definitely think that um, in general, like, we aren't as talked about, like, as a sport, volleyball here. Um, I mean, clearly we didn't do well this season, so there's some things that, like, like our record, things like that, like, we don't really want everybody, like, talking negative, negatively or anything like that, but I think that 
the people here are so competitive, like every single sport. Like our women's basketball team is amazing and like kind of like going to their games and watching how they interact, watching how they're being coached and stuff like that. It's like everyone here wants to win. And even Angel, like our coach, like she's one of the most competitive people ever. She will jump in in our practice and like she'll come up to me and she'll be like, I'll block you. And I'm like, please try, please try. Like stuff like that and having that like competitive edge. So I think that the competitiveness is there. We just need to apply it more in game. Have you met Coach Reese from women's basketball? Have you met no, her yet? not in person. I just she, watched her coach. She seems, the way you're describing your, um, uh, Angel, the coach of the women's volleyball team, they sound very similar. It's that same sort of ex- hyper-competitive, yeah. like that high-energy sort of sort of style. But I feel like that's kind of what um, you or I does in terms of growing women's sports in general, they bring in these very high energy, these likable, these relatable coaches that are willing to get right in and really challenge their athletes in order to get a lot better. I mean, do you find yourself like the way that she pushes you to move forward? Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, I can still get you. Like, it's like, is is that the sort of like coaching style that she employs? Yeah, I... I think that it's honestly helpful, like, having a coach that will still jump in a drill and try to block you or try to do those things, like, especially, like, even just showing us how a drill is done, like, having a coach that's able to do the drill, it's it's so nice, and I think that it's fun, it adds that competitive edge, and it makes me want to work hard, too, because I'm like, I, I don't want this 30-year-old woman to block me, like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work my butt off to put this ball down. That's that's so awesome. I mean, now now I want to meet her. Now I need yeah. to now I need no, to see this. Great. I need to see this energy in person. <laughs> um, but in terms of just the culture, obviously, it you're right. Volleyball is not as talked about. It's not really as talked about in New England in general yeah. as it is in like the Midwest and out west and so on. We're actually having this conversation in one of my classes today, talking about just the different cultural the cultural differences across the country and how that relates to volleyball. Mm-hmm. I think it's got something to do with warm weather. I feel like that the more <laughs> yeah, the more you maybe. the more the more opportunities to play volleyball outside, I feel like in uh, develops more of a culture, but that's neither here nor there. Either way, you talked about how Angel wants to develop a culture both on the team and just in general for mm-hmm. volleyball. What are some of the steps that you yourself or some of your teammates that you believe you'd be able to take to enhance the culture um, of volleyball around here, not just for the team in terms of like a team culture, but I mean just like as a community in general to get people to want to pay attention to you to you guys and to make people be like, all right, like there's a volleyball game tonight, we're going. Like this is that to bring that sort of atmosphere, if you will. Yeah, I think another thing I would say that I learned from Gabby is she's just so friendly. Like she knows literally everyone. You'll be walking in the hall and she'll be like, oh hey, what's up? And she just knows everyone. So I think that's a mixture of things like us. And myself, like, just being more friendly, like, being friends with all the sports, all the athletes. I feel like that's a huge thing is, like, athletes supporting athletes going to each other's games and stuff like that. I think that'll help build, like, more of a crowd and a culture there. And in terms of, like, within the program, I think that it's more than just on the court. I think that it's in the classroom and it's the things that you do outside of the sport as well. So, like, making sure you're getting – you're getting your homework done, you're showing up to things on time, you're going to class, you're doing those things because when you are working hard in other aspects of your life, I think that it'll bleed into your sport as well. And as the season had been going on, do you feel that there are being steps made in the right direction to develop this culture even further, like even into next year and beyond? Yeah, I mean, we have... 
we have our academic advisors and we're having like my coach is having meetings with us we have one of our coaches as in charge of like our study hours making sure that we're going in and we're doing our homework and we're doing those things and we had like um, a leadership council on our team so those are like individuals that are coming together and weekly talking about what needs to be done on our team what's working what's not things like that and so I think we're making the right steps but it's just going to take a little time and so then you had mentioned it at the very start of the interview, talking about how impactful it was having a black a black woman for your coach and just how it helped the transition and so on. Just could you touch more upon that? Just like how big how impactful obviously she was in recruiting you, mm-hmm. but just how big of a mentor she has been over this first year for you and your sister. Because I can only imagine that like Yes, you've had the you've had the positive accolades and so on, but like there have to have been times where it's been very tough. But to have someone like that in your corner, it must have been very helpful. Yeah, I think that volleyball in general, at least like clubs that I've played for in the past, um, even coming from Texas, like me and my sister tend to be the only black girls on our team. Like there seems to be a lot of white girls that we're playing with, like just like a lack of diversity in general, which has never been an issue. But I think coming up here and even going through the recruiting process, seeing someone that looks like me, like being a coach and being a head coach at that was, it it was great. And I think that on top of that, I felt more comfortable. Like even when I'm struggling, like during season, I would come in during some meetings and I would be able to literally just break down and cry in front of her and feel comfortable and ask for advice and do those things. And she was great in all of those times, gave me amazing advice and stuff like that. But I think that having a black female head coach, it has been great. Even for my sister, and we have another girl, Chloe, that um, has talked about it as well. Like having someone that looks like you, especially coming from a sport that it's rare to see, it's it's very nice. And so this is something that I've, interests me in terms of like just the fusion of politics and sport do you use the fact that it it is a white majority sport to sort of motivate you to excel in a sense to try and grow the game if that makes sense yeah so i actually have this tattoo um it's 42 for jackie robinson and so like literally since the fourth or fifth grade that's been my number he inspires me literally every day to push to strive for any any of the little girls that look like me because I know growing up and even just playing the sport um, the amount of work that he put in so that I could play this sport specifically with people that don't look like me and um, I think that watching that and watching other players like players like Asia O'Neal that excel at Texas volleyball like are just amazing and seeing that I'm like I want that to be me like I want to work hard and want how I looked up to other people, I want that to be the way that other people look up to me. That's that's exceptional. That's really cool. And I feel like that's that's something that a lot of prospective student athletes and pers- uh, definitely uh, prospective student athletes of color, that's something that they'd want to hear just about the way that the culture is at URI. Because I know that the university has been, it's the teams have become a lot, a lot more diverse. Yes. And they're making a lot of strides to become very inclusive. And I feel like that, Accounts like this where it's sort of worried kind of going into it, but then like as as you go in, like having someone there that you can turn to where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, like I I need someone right now is must be very, very helpful. And it's a good I imagine it would be a great thing to hear for people that were in your shoes, like in your shoes a year ago. Yeah. In that in that sort of thing. But that's all fantastic. But Maddie, 
this was awesome. I really, <laughs> I you. really loved this because I mean, again, volleyball is a sport that I'm, I really, I very much enjoy. It is incredibly, incredibly difficult to very much play. I've tried. I can't <laughs> do it. But I mean, it's kudos to you and the rest and the rest of your team for just, just remaining competitive. Because I mean. When you have a record like that and you're going in just runs of form that it just it just wears you down, it's just beating you into the ground, to consistently get back up and be like, all right, well, I don't really care. I'm going to continue to make your lives as difficult as possible. Yeah. You are not getting easy wins out of us. So, I mean, it's a, a testament to the character that the the character that you guys all have, that the culture that that your pro um that your coach's program has been that um, they've been developing. I mean, that's just it's awesome. And I've just loved learning a little bit more about you and your sister and your story. And I'm very much intrigued to see how you guys all pan out next year. Cause like you said, it can't really get worse and is only up from here. Yeah. So yeah. Well, Maddie, thank you very much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course this, this, like I said, it was fantastic. Um, everybody, thank you all for watching. Um, going to be having the women's track and field head coach, coach fight Melnick on the show next week so stay tuned for that and then we're still going to be deciding the winter break schedule as finals roll around and christmas and new year's are rolling around so stay tuned for that obviously take a look at the instagram marks and marks pod on instagram and twitter to um take a look and see for any future updates but that's all and i will see you all next week